0: And we're live. And Doc didn't mock my counting skills today, so I'll call this. No, I was name. busy.
1: I was
2: busy. <laughs> Doing right, an important right, thing. Well, Wait, you're not a... Do you need crayons? Is that the problem with the counting?
0: No, no wasn't it wasn't the money. Because was
2: infantry. Oh, oh well, well, okay. Do you take your boots off?
0: I, sometimes I do, but we didn't get that high because, you know, we just do a three count. So we're good. <laughs> I don't even have to get my second glove (laughs) on. So, uh, hey, all you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans, it's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blades podcast. Just three nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies. A place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, and space is the place. The podcast that puts the fun in dysfunction. Without further ado, we are going to let our guest, Mr. William Joseph Roberts, introduce himself to our listeners and viewers.
2: Hey, everybody. I'm William Joseph Roberts. Most people call me Hillbilly. Um, yeah, I write pretty much anything that the evil mind squirrels demand. Sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and uh, post-apocalyptic, all kinds of different crap.
0: Another genre-fluid writer. Hmm. No I like the fluidity. What? I said, no wonder he's friends with you.
1: Flexibility <laughs> is key in life, man.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> uh, said no grunt ever. <laughs> All right. So uh, the next part of the introduction, dear listener, is not the mindless shenanigans of Doc. It is not her bad attempt at uh, philosophical wanderings and musings because she's not drunk enough for that yet. She's I got an A in
1: philosophy of religion. Thank you.
0: She's going to hurt you.
1: The second time One I day.
0: I it. You might like it. Uh, last time we met, she just called me short the whole time, but it's okay. So uh, the next you part of the introduction. Dude, five nine is not short. I'm, I'm well within average. All right? Yes, you are. You, ha, you're, you're shorter fired. than every male and female in my family.
2: Just say yes, ma'am,
0: and move on. All right, so uh, you're fired, Doc. You want a job, William? <laughs> I fire her all the time, and she never goes anywhere. That's because your mom likes be better than you. But that's cheating, though. That's just not fair. <clears throat> can't pull the mom card.
1: Jr. you wouldn't be able to figure out how to count without me.
0: This is probably true. So instead, we'll talk about how we first found Mr. William Joseph Roberts. So I think... I made contact with him through Doc, but I'm not sure. We've been internet buds for a while, so I can't remember. We've chatted back and
2: forth multiple times uh, on the internet. I mean. I don't
0: remember when we weren't talking on Facebook and all this stuff. It's been a while. We'll blame insert current thing here, and we'll just move on. But Doc, I'm assuming your story involves a bar or 10, because they always do.
1: Yes, we met at Liberty Con, which is an amazing convention if you really love books to talk, completely go to.
0: I thought it was Everybody there. What? I thought the the booze convention they actually talk about books while they're drinking?
2: Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I, spl- so hey, booze. and I supply mead for the the bar every year.
1: I know, I pour your mead every year.
2: Except for this I... year because uh, they got limitations, but that's okay because I'm having a room party.
1: I was so going to say I have a room you can store it in.
2: Oh, no, no, I'm having a room party after beer? my mead panel and my fermentation panel that I'm putting on. So it's all nice. good.
0: I've tried mead once before the, uh, the Grape and Gourmet went out of business because they served all the specialty drinks. Uh, and I got one that was so dry, it was just gross. And I haven't tried others, but I'm told much like finding a good beer, mead is a brand specific taste, not generic. Well, yeah. need
1: help with that panel. I didn't. I brewed more hard ciders than I did means. But oh,
0: come on, join
2: in. So, but okay, okay, <laughs> quick, JR, real quick side tangent. You want the stupid easy? Try your own at the house. Take a milk jug, clean it out real good. Four pounds of honey. You get lavelin EC one 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 eight champagne yeast. Pitch that in there. Top the water up. You know that little shoulder on the milk jug where it starts to do that. Put the water right at the bottom of that. Put a balloon, rubber band, pinhole in the balloon. Now that balloon's going to go whoop. And when the balloon goes bloop, you're done. You got 40 proof, hooch, ready to drink.
0: I'm going to write that down when the show's over and and we might try that
2: and see. Got to do it before money
0: gets even more expensive.
2: You put it up on your counter, man, and you're going to, as soon as that balloon goes up, carbon dioxide's being off gassed. And it'll, it'll keep that thing rolling. At the end of that, you're going to have sweet 40-proof hooch. That's my standard sack meat.
0: All right. I'm going to try that. So if you want to try that at home, dear listener, uh, let us know how it tastes. If you do a taste testing on air, send us the links. We'll share it. And uh, talk about all the shenanigans in our Facebook group. Yeah, on, I know. Uh, we'll add hey. a thread of meat uh, for all you. Uh, you- uh, have, have you Facebook.
1: been down to the Savannah Brewers League? No. They hold the, one of the longest-running mead competitions in the world.
2: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Followed by an oyster roast. I was a judge for one. It was amazing.
0: <laughs> the oh the mead. Mead. Yes. I never got into oysters. They just... <laughs> Dude, I
1: got to be drunk by... I was drunk by, like, eight. So it was your average Tuesday.
0: Okay.
1: I <laughs> am. It was even better than an average Tuesday. <laughs>
0: Fair, fair. All right. So did you, in fact, meet him at the uh, Liberty Con bar, or did you meet him somewhere else?
1: No, we did meet at the Liberty Con yeah. bar.
0: Okay. Okay. Now, William, this is a sci-fi shenanigans tradition that we brought over when we became the Blasters and Blades, and we just expanded it because, you know, we're, we're polytheistic. But you get to answer the religion questions. So, Doc, let's see if he gets to stick around.
1: He gets to stick around because he brought the mead. Star Wars, <laughs> Star Trek. War. I'm
0: sorry.
1: I'm sorry. I knew I was forgetting to give you something. <laughs>
0: okay.
1: Star Wars, Star Trek, or Firefly?
2: Absolutely Star Trek, but dear God, I need more Firefly. I mean, they, they, they were idiots for cutting it off where they did. And honestly, what we're going to be talking about tonight has a lot of influence with Firefly.
1: That is fair. I do think it is like the world's most loved miniseries, essentially.
2: Star Wars, it's more the 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 epic fantasy storytelling. I like Star Trek for the tech, and you know, yeah, they they hand wave him a lot of crap, but they go about it in such a way they try to explain how this oh, works, and it's just
1: Star Trek really is sci-fi because it is about the tech.
2: Yes, it is.
1: And, and Star Wars is sci-fi fantasy.
2: Yeah, it's space fantasy, straight up. Now, now, Firefly, I mean, it, Firefly appeals to my favorite kind of characters, where you've got the average Joe that, that has to get through whatever situation, and they're beat down, they're damaged, you know, they're screwed up in the head, but they still keep pressing on, trying to make... My make favorite
1: quote is always about the chain of command. Yes. That in... um think it came from firefly you know um the beatings will continue until morale improves
2: no oh, no that came from way before that
1: i don't know firefly but i know my there. mother sat there and my one my, my drill sergeant said it my mom goes oh do they know that you have the shirt you really love that and i'm like shut up
0: mom shut up no, no.
1: <laughs> my mother hated me
0: so the, um, the the quote about leadership from Firefly was, "I know what the chain of command is. It's the chain I go get and beat you with till you understand who's in command here."
2: Yep, and that's in the scene where um, Kaylee is in the, the the med bay and she's hurt, and was it Jane's in charge at that point? Wasn't it?
0: Uh, yeah, and he didn't have his hat on for that scene. I felt disappointed.
2: Where was wait? Where was Mal? That God, it's been a while. Okay, I need to. go it's back It's been here. a while, but I just
0: remember the command, uh, the quote, because I've used it before. Maybe don't tell the colonel that. By the way, just throwing that out there for all you uh, lower enlisted people. Doesn't go well. <laughs> just saying, I, I got you get away with it because there's a war zone, and you can get away with a little bit of shenanigans when you're, you know, dodging bullets and stuff. But it's only war you call, right? Right, right. He's not a war crime the first time. Uh, <laughs> right. I wish I could take credit for that one, but I stole that from the fat electrician who does all these military. Oh my videos.
2: God, dude. He is so awesome. I love his videos. I've been trying to get him to do a crew dog one, but he hasn't done
0: one yet. He's okay. Hilarious. But anyway, we're not here to talk Back about religion, that. To talk
1: because about that's a less <laughs> topic. <laughs> uh, Welcome to me. my
2: mind squirrels.
1: So, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, or The Wheel of Time? I,
2: I can't say anything about Game of Thrones because I haven't watched it or read any of it. Lord of the Rings, absolutely read that. Similarion, Hobbit, all that back in like junior high. And then, you know, the movies were amazing. Lord, uh, Wheel of That's Time. Like of God, I've, I've, I left off on like book 10, I think, way back in the life. You 10
1: further than I did?
2: It. It it was good, but you know, looking back, I'm like, how the hell did he get away with all this exposition at the start of it? I mean, it's like the eye of the world is and John began
1: writing style. It's like, why does David Weber get away with so much ad nauseum about tech and missiles?
2: Yeah, but the first half of Eye of the World is like reading the Bible. How did he get away with it?
1: There are some people who like that.
2: Yeah. All kinds. I mean, at the time, I was reading it, it's like, okay, cool, it'll get better, it'll get better. And, you know, nothing against David. Love David's writing, but I skipped the physics lesson. Yes.
1: I just tell him waves of missiles. Yeah. He laughs at me.
2: But, you know, people, there's some people that dig that. It's just like, you know, and Rice. The ex-wife tried to get me to read Anne Rice, and when I got to that part where it was like a page and a half to describe a freaking chair, I'm like okay, I'm done. Give me my Conan novel. I'm going back to sword and sorcery, and it's okay. <laughs> and break and you know then he gets a chick.
1: So, but there, but it is there's something for everybody within science fiction and fantasy, and that's one of the things that's great. And with how stories are told, yes. So, but which one was is your favorite? I mean. We do have a favorite child, I'm sure. Is it sci-fi, or is it fantasy?
2: I'm tied between the both of them. I mean, I love fantasy. I love epic fantasy, sword and sorcery, especially because I cut my teeth on Robert Howard. I mean, all the original Conan novels, Cull, um, uh, Solomon Kane, all that stuff. But you know, sci-fi has got its own appeal. I, I'm a tech nerd. I like. Getting into the science of how things work, but I don't want three pages of how it works. You know, give me just enough to okay, cool, that's plausible, Moving on, but I, I like to have that that um, proof of how it works, proof of concept, I guess.
0: Okay.
2: Not not so just hand waving. Oh wait, we got hyperspace. Cool. Here we go. At least so- with Star Trek, you understand how the warp drive is supposed to work.
0: So your, your literary love is a triad, but which one was your first love? Was it the sci-fi? Was it the fantasy?
2: Well, the first love w- would be fantasy. I mean, Robert Howard, Conan. Yeah. Um, you know, fell in love with Sword and Sorcery. Uh, started out with the comics, found the magazines, you know, Savage Sword of Conan, <clears throat> and progressed up to the novels when I finally found them. But growing up in southern West Virginia, it wasn't easy.
0: So this is one of the beauties of this question. Cause if you interview the same author and you put a couple of days between the interview for the first love, they'll always get a different answer. Cause your mind doesn't always like remember. So mine changes all the time. So I would have thought you might've said something like the old uh, last unicorn <laughs> or the Hobbit cartoon that was made in the seventies. In that, uh, doc, call yourself.
1: <laughs> your first love changes all the time. You are brain damaged.
2: <laughs> well, he's army. So, you know, we got to. Like, give him that much.
0: Look, JR (laughs) won. All right? I beat 27 IEDs. Can you say you did that? I don't think so.
1: No, but I was smarter than to try and catch 27 IEDs.
0: (laughs) all right? They promised me it was a two-for-one special. It was supposed to be on And yet
1: you still ended up with an odd number.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's because he's special, right? right? Apparently, they did infantry math. Anyway, Are you you got it out of your system now, Doc? You going to be okay to finish the interview?
2: Don't make her spit or drink on the computer. Then She's really going to hurt you.
0: She will be very mad at me if I make her waste her booze. All right. Don't waste uh, booze, my family. So what was your... Oh, you already answered that one. You did say it was the Conan novels. Okay, Doc, keep going.
1: So what is your first memory engaging in the speculative fiction genre? Is it watching reading playing games
2: uh that would be watching i mean star trek original series you know when next generation kicked over i was watching it but before then you know you had like land of the giants lost in space was a decent one Um, land of the
0: giants oh my god that was i loved land
2: of the giants i mean it just it 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 spiral the thought patterns way off out there what could be um was it tripods used to catch that on pbs it was you know you go back and watch that now it's absolutely horrible but it's a great alien invasion setup
1: i never i've never saw that one
2: it it was bad bbc it it was worse than tom baker doctor who episodes but it was it was still BBC. you know used to watch doc you know tom baker on, on pbs back in the day um my first sci-fi that I really read, I think, was Berserker Kill, uh, Fred Saberhagen. Picked it up in the library at school. I, I was that kid that didn't go out to recess. I went to the library. Um, even in grade school, they'd let me go and wander around in the library. But I was also that kid that whoever's computer, computer in one of the school rooms in grade school, they'd call me to come fix it.
0: <laughs> so, I was that nerd. So, given that they call you Hillbilly, and that you're from West Virginia, did you get the experience of the Scholastic Book Fairs when you were in elementary school?
2: Yes, absolutely. And I never could buy anything, because I didn't have the cash for it.
0: That was that was our crack back then, with all the, the cool imaginations. Although, uh, the, the one thing that I never got um, explained is what the purpose of the holodeck was in Star Trek, other than side quests when they ran out of ideas.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, it's um, supposed it, it,
0: to
1: be a morale booster, and then they use it for. Th- <sighs>
2: well,
1: we're not going to have this discussion tonight.
2: But Cheers was a holodeck simulation.
1: Because I'm too sober for <laughs> so, your stupidity, Jay.
2: Did, did you ever see that? <laughs> Cheers no. is actually a holodeck simulation because uh, Kate Mulgrew, uh, Brent Spiner, wow, um, uh, oh crap, Beverly Crusher, um, Gates McFadden, or McFadden. There, there were more than a few that had been on Cheers. And somebody had put together a meme. It's like, well, Cheers was actually a holodeck program.
0: Interesting. I would have done completely different things with a holodeck. But, you
1: know. KR, hey, this is a family-friendly show. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I was talking about killing dragons. What were you talking about? Killing dragons. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, It's going to be that time. (laughs) Um, You're just now figuring this out. (laughs) (laughs) Have you had enough me to make that as a good excuse? No. All right, Doc. did, Did you ask him what he loves about speculative fiction yet? I was going to, but why don't you, since you're so eager? Well, you know, I don't want to steal your questions like you do for you me. Know do you know what? Yeah, to I this? understand. It, this is as close as you you too, or something? It was like you guys are all over the place tonight, but I'm,
2: I'm always <laughs> over the all over the place. So it's okay, you know. It, oh look, squirrel, shiny! Hey, this is cool. Look at that! Wow! Oh, wait, what about that? One? Oh, it's even better.
0: That's how I describe people who ask what it's like to have a TBI. It's like going to bed normal and waking up with severe ADHD because your mind <laughs> just goes all over the place. I've got yeah. a medical excuse. What's yours, Doc?
1: I have a medical diagnosis, so what's yours?
0: Okay, we'll call that a tie, and we'll ask him instead what you love about speculative fiction as a genre.
2: Um, Really, that it makes you start to think. Uh, you, you dig into some of, well, one, okay, the tech. Um, You know, you get into any of the speculative fiction, if it doesn't describe it well enough, if you're curious enough, you'll go and start digging into it and learning about it and, and researching it. Um, you start to get into new ideas and concepts. Um what was it? Uh, uh, Sam Gunn series by uh, Ben Bova. Beautiful series. And, you know, the guy's just a good used car salesman, but he comes with, up with all these different ideas. And surprisingly enough, a lot of Ben Bova's ideas have started to come to fruition, which is amazing. Um, I don't know the, 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 the possibility of what gets written can come true. You know, that that's one of the most beautiful parts of it. And well, hell we all know sci-fi inspires so much, especially when it comes down to technology. If it wasn't for science fiction and star Trek, we wouldn't have these things. If it wasn't for science fiction and Star Trek, we wouldn't have a lot of the crap that we have. Look at the tablets. Next generation. What did they have? They had freaking tablets. That
1: is why Star Trek is better than Star Wars.
2: You know, it, it's it inspires it inspires new generations
0: to do things. Okay, that is an. We can now tell
1: when Nick's listened to the episode.
0: <laughs> why is that?
1: i just declared this is why bad star trek is better than star wars
0: it has okay. pushed
1: us to be better and advance our technology
0: i mean but we've got chewbacca dude and yoda
1: i have you a very hairy brother
0: <laughs> who doesn't look uh, like chewbacca
1: a- but i've seen some people who naturally
2: look like chewbacca but that's just uh, bigfoot just- and a goblin well, right. I'll, I'll ad, just
0: make but. sure to send them a copy of this episode and be like, oh, your sister's talking about you again. But so how did your love of speculative fiction as a genre transition into deciding to write stories in this space? <sighs> that one's tough.
2: I mean, I, I've always wrote stories. I mean, even in grade school, I was writing these little, little short stories. I mean, they, they were flash fiction at that time that didn't make a lot of sense if I'd go back and look at them now. But trying to tell a story using the concepts and settings, you know? Um, Not so much to to teach anything or open anybody's eyes, but just to share the fun adventure of where you could go with it.
0: Okay. We're good. So many authors let their own real life experiences influence the stories they tell. So where did were there any specific formidable moments for you that shape you mm-hmm. as a storyteller? Was it the uh, the sound of the dueling banjos that scared you into writing, or <laughs> what's, what's the story there?
2: He did hold back on the banjos. Wow. Okay. Um, not really. I mean. You know, I I never went to cons or anything like that before. I really got into writing, trying to do it professionally. I, I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I don't. I don't know on that one.
0: Okay. All right, so then we'll move right along. So speaking of the military, since we've talked about that a little bit, your bio mentions that you served in the U.S. Air Force. So we ask all of our authors, who are also military veterans, this question, but how do you feel like your time as a Zumi affects the stories you tell?
2: The stories get real screwed up when it comes down to the interpersonal reactions of the characters a lot of times. Um, you know, I'm, I'm ex Flatline, so things were pretty screwed up. Uh, we played practical jokes. We worked hard and we played hard. Um, so that gets translated into it. I mean, it, Flux Runners is basically a bunch of crew chiefs in space. You know, they're, they're a dysfunctional family at best. But they... So a unit. Yeah, they're a unit. But, you know, they're dysfunctional as all get out. But mess with them and they'll cut your throat. You know? Um, but yeah, with it, I I was pulling a lot from Firefly. I wanted to pull that close knit structure. I wanted to pull that family tie together, which any military unit, you get your crew, your your shift together and you've got a good tight crew. Everybody's got each other's back and you bicker and squabble between each other, just like brothers and sisters. But in the end, you've got each other's back. And that, that's one of the things that I put into the to Flux Runners, which was my first novel.
0: Okay. So do you ever draw on people you knew while you were in the military?
2: Oh, God, yes, absolutely. All the time. Do um, they know
0: about it yet? A lot of them, yeah. They, okay, because sometimes if you didn't like the person, you don't tell them that you drew on them, obviously. I haven't done any of those yet. Yet. I noticed the yet. Doc, yeah. I have. The- I put
1: in one short story and that's how I started it. Yeah. JR told me I could kill people with impunity. This is it true. seemed like a good idea at the time.
0: <laughs> Has she been drinking your mead? Is that her excuse? What do you got?
1: I have a berry margarita.
0: Oh, okay. All right. So um normally about- I
1: have some Viking alchemist mead. But um I've
0: been we a really little gotta too to to go over stuff. What? We we ought to get them to sponsor us. We talk about them all the time.
1: That's because they're my favorite meat place in Georgia.
0: And they can they can just pay us in the booze. Like we don't even need money. Just give us a few, like, you know. Oh wait, am I supposed have. to then send it to you? Yeah, <laughs> obviously.
2: It never make it there. Come on.
0: Right? It got broken in shipping. I don't know what happened, JR. <laughs> Checks in the mail. So we talked to <laughs> We talked a little bit about how your time in the Air Force affects the way you create content, but let's talk about it a little bit as we switch to the to the reader side. Do you think your time in the Air Force affects the way you engage with content as a reader or a viewer?
2: Um, Maybe. I mean, I, I read everything I could when I could. I mean, when I was home growing up, I read a lot. I mean, I was the kid that stayed up late at night, but... You know, we on the flight line, it was anything before 12 it was a cutback. So we were working, working, working. Um, deployments probably was the time that I got to read the most because we'd send the jets out, they'd go up for 12 hours, come back. Um, a lot of downtime in between there, just a lot of time chilling the rack. Um, Dragonlance Chronicles, that that was one that always stuck with me because that's what got, through, got me through the first deployment. And you know, I've, I've been able to actually talk to Margaret since and thank her for writing it because it got me through a deployment. I, I probably read the entire series like four times that trip.
0: So that was a little bit different. I never had time on my deployments to actually read, although I guess what got us through our deployment were at phone cards. We probably bought the uh, CEOs at at like extra mansions. <laughs> with uh, with the amount of money we we donated to the cause to uh, to call home,
2: <laughs> and that's one thing with working flatline. You know, we we were working e models on my first couple of deployments, and they'd go up for twelve hours. So you'd launch them, you might recover them, or next shift is going to recover them. So you know, there's a lot of downtime now. If there's something broke, everybody's jamming and getting it done, but otherwise, you're just kind of stuck there waiting in case something needs done. Yeah.
0: So once so uh, I was
1: what a of, medic, which meant we just waited for people to hurt themselves or worse. Oh,
0: you mean like they are.
2: It
0: happens. Yeah. Uh, no, JR so, started that way. <laughs> this is also true. I did lots of dumb things. Hey, y'all, watch this. Um, so uh, when you deployed, where, what uh, what kind of jets were you on? Was it jet, the C-130? Was it uh, the fighter jets? The C uh,
2: 15s and F-15Cs when I stationed over in Okinawa.
0: Okay. So if I got any of the flight lingo wrong, we're just going to send the hate mail to Doc Seska because I really know nothing about fighters. Like I couldn't tell you a helicopter from a jet unless you told me. So it's all good. I so believe both... that you are that defective.
2: It goes zoom. It's okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> as long as I keep my booger figure off the bang stick, I'm good.
1: <laughs> I'm so. so telling going to tell Casey when she comes back from Japan. Uh, she'll be
0: too busy dropping Moabs on on Mark Wandry, so we'll be okay. So, right, uh, <laughs> let's let's oh, go on. I'll tell you that story offline. Let's do the fandom question.
1: We're gonna tell you that story offline because JR has told it way too many times on air.
0: Okay, yeah, they've heard it a dozen times.
1: <laughs> so, getting into some of the fan angles, have you had any cool fan art or somebody cosplay one of your characters yet?
2: Not yet. That one. That would be cool. Uh, The closest thing to anything like that I've gotten is some uh, private messages on Facebook. Um, After my book Wildcat came out through Chris Kennedy Publishing, it's part of the Fallen World universe. I got a couple of people that emailed me thanking me for how raw it was. Um, There was a few spots in there that I I really have a hard time going back and even reading. Um, But it was dealing with like suicide, stuff like that. And I got a couple of thank yous. And
1: it's. It can be important to deal with some of those harder issues.
2: Yeah, and you know, especially
1: it's, for workworms, because we don't want to talk to people. I go to therapy. Therapy involves talking to a person. I, I, go I seriously, if you need it, do go.
2: I understand method actors now because of where I put myself to write those scenes. Um. Yeah, it's not cool. I don't want right. to go back there.
0: I write those scenes so I. Don't put myself there. I have the opposite reaction. The writing is how I find sanity. So I, I, I get it to a point. Yeah. So if somebody wanted to uh, make some cool fan art and um, do some cosplay, they can send your email, which we will link in the show notes, your contact information. Uh, and if you do that, people, and you don't mind him sharing, maybe he can put that out to the newsletter and you can uh, you can link to that as well on your website. Um, oh, absolutely. And you can share that. that kind of stuff.
2: I'd share that all over the place because I'm an internet whore.
0: So say, well, never mind. I better say. Hey, hey, I
1: have no problem with it. I have no problem with (laughs) it. You know your value, you get your value. That is a key part of self worth.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) I'm just going to. All right, Doc, fandom (laughs) question.
1: Has anyone ever asked for your autograph? Yes. And what was it like to sign that book the first time?
2: What was your
1: first time like?
2: Strange. <laughs> I mean it's just like you you what? Go on. You, you sort breathing. What it took me a couple minutes to to realize they really actually wanted it. And I'm like, oh, okay. And they had bought it. <laughs> they had bought my book offline. And this was was in the office where I work. Um they they had bought it offline, brought it over to my cubicle. It's like, can you sign this? Wait, did you just take that out of my pile over here? You know, I'm looking to see if they stole a book out of my pile because I had some there. But no, they had bought it online and come over and wanted it sign. Like that, that's strange and cool. Oh, okay, sure.
0: <laughs> that is that's cool.
1: awesome. So. Have you spotted someone reading one of your books out in the wild?
2: Yes. Um, another person in the office was the first one to, to, that I spotted. Um, I've had pictures sent of others here and there. And it's surreal.
1: So what funny, weird fan interaction would you be willing to tell us about?
2: Okay, the... Best fan interaction would actually be sitting down and talking through some of the scenes with the crew of uh, the Betty, which are in the flux, or it, it's in in this one because.
0: Hold on, hold that back up. I will oh. give you solo layout so they can oh, see. Okay,
2: it. so Flux Runners was my first novel. All the characters in there with like two, the exception of like two or three are tuckerized. And uh, so, you know, Maggie's sitting back here, Doug and Chris is down the street. So is Mel and, and Liz. And, you know, we're just sitting around talking. Hey, wait,
1: is that Mel my Mel?
2: No, no, no. My Mel. Um, so we're, you know, sitting around Would talking. You share a like, Mel? Is
0: that what's going on?
2: No, we don't share. Well, we do share a Mel, but that's different. <laughs> Sharing is caring, man. Sharing is caring. Remember that. Um, but we're sitting around, we're talking, and you know, they had read it and we're, we're like comparing notes and stuff like that. So, seeing their reactions and talking about the scenes and just you know, the giggle snorts, and, and it's like, what the hell are you thinking here? I don't know, it was funny, you know, and and just that was fun because you know, not only were they the characters, they were like my first fans.
0: That is awesome. And this is why you don't put three veterans in a, in a room together, because shenanigans will happen. I don't know <laughs> what you're talking
1: <laughs> about. But can you give us the highlight reel of all things The Amazing Hillbilly, William Joseph Roberts?
2: Oh, God. Um, okay, so. Okay,
1: all he- things that people can buy.
2: Okay, <laughs> I have four novels currently out. So, Flux Runners. Widowmakers, which is the first book or first novel in the JTF-13 universe. Uh, Wildcat, Foreclosure of a Dream, which is part of the Fallen World universe. And Smuggler's Run, which was co-authored with Chris Woods. That—that um, That is uh, the best explanation is uh, the Dukes of Hazard and Spaceballs had a love child while wrapped in all that is the 80s. And you get Smuggler's Run. It's god awful, horrible, B-rate sci-fi. But we loved it. Um, and then I am in so many anthologies, and I'm creating more anthologies thanks to Three Ravens, um, which one of the most popular here lately has been the uh, – it came from the Trailer Park anthology we released back in, on Halloween. Uh, cheesy, <laughs> B-rate, creature feature horror, man, and people love it. So we're doing another
0: volume. Okay. So while those all sound fascinating, today we're going to talk about Flux Runners. So where did you get the premise for this universe? Was it uh, psychedelics, Ouija boards, spoiled mead? Too much damn
2: video games. (laughs) See, okay, so Flux Runners, the original idea of it, actually got spurred from this video game from the 80s called Starflight, uh, which I subsequently ended up getting into contact with the IP holder, and I got to write in that universe now.
0: I was going to ask you if you did that.
2: Yeah, that that was that was my anthem, and uh, are you reading it? Yeah, that that's on cool. three ravens, and I I have to write the first novel this year too. So, uh, but yeah, because of Starflight, it inspired a lot of what so, uh, the 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 main transition element in in the novel is, which is going through these flux points, and um, you know, pulling from that that adventure that I had in the game because. You got tossed out into the universe with very little information. It's like, okay, well, go out there and figure out what's going on and then come back and tell us, but try not to get killed. So, you know, that seat of the pants, what's going on, um, as soon as you'd run into, like, uh, an alien being, you'd have this, you know, scanners or the the... Detection scanners would go off saying there's an unidentified object, and next thing you know, you got aliens shooting at you and crap. So you're trying to run, or you start fighting if you got enough weapons. And you know, it was always in your pants. So I was trying to keep that same feel and vibe, you know, because these guys they get they get tossed over to the other end of the galaxy with no idea where they're at, how they're going to get back, or how they're going to survive. So it's it hundreds. Causes- it's a constant seat of your pants trying to survive, you know?
1: One of my favorite animes is like that.
0: Okay. And Doc, uh, therapy begins again. But um, <laughs> while we let her come off of that, um, that, that horrible transition, we're going to pause a moment while we shamelessly shill for the man. Uh, so stick with us for a second.
1: In a world where magic is controlled by law and government, mages are both coddled and persecuted. Corey Monroe knows she isn't a mage, and her best friend is. Reality isn't always what you know. If you are looking for an urban fantasy with found family, an education-based magic system, and evolving storylines, try My Luck by Mel Todd, book one in the Twisted Luck series, available exclusively on Amazon
0: all right oh, thank nice. you. Uh, he, he brought the booze so thank you for sticking with us through that uh no 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 wait wait,
1: wait shake it show the booze again yep see and you can tell the abv in part by uh the uh bubbles
2: this one's probably only about 60.
0: OK, well, uh, now that we've boozed out for a little bit uh, while he drinks, uh, I would like to thank you for sticking with us through that commercial interlude. Uh, and we appreciate that you that you did. But uh, now let's get back to talking about Flux Runners. He just told us where he got the idea. Uh, it was a fever dream when he drank some bad mead. No. OK, he played a video game when he was a kid. Uh, but now we are going to take a second where I'm going to share the cover and you're going to tell us where this um where this modern art piece came from, so
1: you know the excuse video games really is pretty much any adult now except for me. I didn't play yeah. video
2: games. Um, well, the Betty, which is in the background, blowing the crap out of the red there. Uh, the ship itself is inspired by the game from Starflight. You know, um, Brendan Smith is the one that created this, and he created the the second cover which, was it um, 2020? Yeah. Um, he got it done, the, the, the cover for book two in August of 2020. And unfortunately, he passed away by the end of the month from an aneurysm. Oh. So, and, and the second cover didn't get completely finished. So I'm going to end up rebranding or doing a new cover using the same kind of elements. But, you know, I got to keep the, the art similar so, had to find a new artist.
0: So, uh, at certain point in time, if you have this cover, then uh, it will be a collector's item. So, go buy a paperback while you've got some time, and before paper yep. costs you more than your college degree. Well, or hardback. Um, uh, I got him in hardback back, too. Yeah. Well, there Ooh, you go. It'll so be collector's item soon. Um, and the art is—I'm uh, going to assume Doc likes it because when you're colorblind, that just looks all the same to me.
1: I but. do like it. You could always ask me instead of just assuming. <laughs>
0: What fun would that be?
1: The non-stabby kind. So, but what would your 30-second elevator pitch for this novel be?
2: You know, I was actually thinking about this earlier. I didn't have one. You know, I got got it for, like, all the other ones, but I really didn't have one for this. And, you know, if you love Firefly and you love the dysfunctional family, We'll take them and throw them into the far reaches of the galaxy with no support and see how they make it.
0: <laughs> Ooh, that okay. That Voyager? works. Isn't that the whole plot of Voyager?
2: Oh uh, yeah. Pretty much.
0: Pretty much. So, uh, so real quick, I'm going to interrupt with a question that's not on the outline. So what's the story of the odd capitalization of the, of the um, lowercase F with the flux runners.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. So, and, and that carries on with all the chapters too. Um, and actually, I have uh, I have warning labels in there, too. Um, see, <laughs> oh, oh, I do. I do. Uh, working in engineering, I usually work in all caps, doing drawings and stuff like that for fabrication drawings. So going and typing flux runners, I was going to capitalize. So I hit the shift, hit the F, keep on typing. And it's like, huh, that looks odd, but it looks kind of good. So I continue that and each chapter is, it, it starts with a lowercase C and capital letters otherwise. Just because it's just one of those little flukes. I'm like, nah, eh, what the hell? Why not? It's odd. Okay. It stands out, you know?
0: It's me. Right, no it certainly got, it yeah. got me to ask questions. Hold on. Let me let me give you Solo again. Give me a second. Um...
1: There. Do I need to help you? <laughs> I don't want to see you on Solo.
0: No, it's not working. I have to get rid of the cover. So hold on. Give me a second. Now I'm going to give you solo.
2: Hit
0: the button, JR. Hit the button. I'm hitting the button. It's not working. <laughs> Dang it, Doc. You're hitting buttons too. <laughs> All right. I, you know what, Doc? You're fired. So we'll, we'll just show the. You done? No. <laughs> I don't want to see your mug. You're going to make your point. All, right. All right. Now, Doc, stop. You're going to give people like an aneurysm or something. All right. Now, let's. Oh, that's a bad joke given. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Way to go, JR. How to put so, foot in mouth.
2: Uh, I don't know if you can read those very oh, well. we
0: can. Okay. Warning labels. <laughs> okay, yes. I have warning happening?
2: labels for, for the opening.
0: That is awesome.
2: Um, and me and Brandon, we had went through these and talked through a bunch of it. what would be good. And, and really, that, OK, this is space opera. It's sci fi, but it's also be very comedy. I mean, and fuck is used a lot. Just fair warning. But it's a bunch of dysfunctional crew chiefs basically running around in space trying to make make ends meet. You know, they're they're miners. They they're. they're you know, asteroid miners, they do whatever they can to make an extra buck on the side just to make ends meet. Because all the corporations have everything tied up. And the lone independent, you know, they're just trying to get along. But, um, yeah, let's see. Okay. One of it. alien or violence. Aliens plus pew-pews will always equal violence on, of some kind plus some good old-fashioned torment. Sex. Humans go to space. Humans meet aliens. What the hell do you think is going to happen next? Remember, Kirk was the first man whore in space. (laughs) Profanity. Let's face it. These guys are space miners. They cuss a lot. And, you know, it just goes down through their different things. Use of duct tape. Or, let's see, redneck engineering contains probably way too many hold my beer moments and uses of duct tape. So, you know, from from the get-go, there's nothing serious about this book. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to entertain you. Now, there's a... Great there's a nice right little, there. there's a nice little twist to it um which I'm not going to spoil it or give any of that away you'll have to read it to see uh the the screwed up twist that I set up for well actually let's see book 3 book 3 or 4 you'll find out all the details of what's going on and by book 6 uh shit hits the fan and it gets real
0: so the stickers, uh, I guess Doc's not reading the side comments today. So the sticker, the warning labels, is that something you sell as merch, like as a sticker or something for your fans?
2: No, but now that you mentioned it, I probably should. Or like
0: you put totally it on a t shirt or something.
2: Oh We'd
1: probably use it for JR. <laughs> but wait.
0: Doc, stop. Come on.
1: Ah! <laughs> I'm extra special tonight.
0: This is what happens when you drink the eighty proof for Doc. She's a lightweight. Yeah, I'm going, to, I'm going to, have to look into
2: that. I've never thought about doing the warning labels as as merch. That's okay. Yeah, cool.
1: <laughs> I think it's a great idea. Um, now that I fixed Jr., can you tell us? You've told us some about what makes it such a special series, but what tropes do you feel Flux Runners really hits best or plays with? Before Come Jr. On. figures out uh, how to unmute himself.
2: Wait, did you you muted Jr. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to give him issues. He, wait, what are you doing, Siska?
1: He already has issues.
2: Um, okay. What tropes? Okay, so, uh, God, uh, <laughs> standard screwed-up pranks. Um, I got space Nazis. I do have that in there.
0: Because they take true. over, they
2: take over Mars. But the worst part is, um, the original guy that founded the Mars colony, his name is Sadowitz, who is Jewish, who fell in love with the way that Hitler spoke and his, his oration abilities, and and started to try to be like that. But then it kind of took a side tangent, and you know, we got the new Martian Reich. Uh, yeah. So space Nazis, why are why are there two of you now? Did you just try to bypass that she can't screw with one of you? I no.
0: broke AR so badly he doubled. <laughs> she, Whatever she did froze my computer screen and then it restarted <laughs> and I have no idea what she did. It's just that kind of episode, people. Blame, her, blame the mind
2: squirrels, man. Blame the mind squirrels. I blame them for everything.
0: Of course, people are going to listen to this and think it was all a skit and we did it that way on purpose. (laughs) All right. Continue. Pretend I didn't just disappear and come back and keep talking. Um, No, you didn't
1: ever disappear. You just duplicated.
2: I don't know. Um, Chaos. Chaos is one, one thing that is all throughout something is always changing and causing new situations to be work. What question are we on? You've already lost track of where you're at. Come on, dude. Get with the program here. The doc's drunk and she's got it.
0: I mean, I was kicked off the show for a while, so I don't know. (laughs) I I never kicked you off. I just muted you. (laughs) Uh Doc kicked me off the show. Technically, they're different. Well, I mean, it is if you're sober enough to hit the right button. I just...
1: Muted
0: it. I'm just saying, you know, if you hit the right button when you're sober, that's how that works. But you have a little bit too much of that 80 proof and things get a little wonky. But continue back to tropes, apparently.
2: <laughs> I think I already covered it. Did I? He did. He
1: did okay. a fabulous job, JR. Taking notes.
0: <laughs> All right. All right. That means you've got one last question before I get to steal the show and mute you. You don't steal
1: anything, JR. So. Oh, what... man. <laughs> what subgenres do you feel that this is really fits into
2: um definitely sci-fi comedy I mean Still you, like get, that. yeah I mean <laughs> space balls ice pirates things like that. that that's you know some of the influence for some of the jokes and stuff like that um yeah just sci-fi comedy is is the subgenre it should be in besides space opera because the grander scheme of things of what's going to happen is definitely space opera Mm
0: -hmm. okay uh so now let's talk about the story itself what can you tell us about the main character or characters in this uh in this book what makes them stand out from the crowded field of science fiction
1: they're all his friends
2: yeah they're all my friends um (laughs) there are way too many to start with which that's that's one flaw we we are working on edits right now to do some cleanup but it's kind of hard to clean up that many characters um everyone on board does serve a purpose um the main character really the main lead character is captain doug uh, captain douglas rackham he keeps this zoo together and running and functioning. Um, now, like I said, they're they're an independent mining crew. They go out to the asteroid belt, they mine, they come back, they dump their gear anywhere they can make an extra side buck and do a hustle. They do uh, the the three witches: um, Maggie, Amanda, and and Krista, the Earthbound Goddess. They've got their little grow lab that they grow things and make extra side cash, you know. And and uh, the geek, he does all this technology hacking and selling bootleg software and stuff like that on the side. And um, they've all got their things. And one of the things I did with taking the people that I know and love, I Tuckerized them, but I took their one or two top personality quirks, and I enhanced it by 10. So Amanda is extremely emotional. Krista is extremely impatient. You know, um, the geek is overly sensitive, even more than usual, about his technology. Um, But it worked out. You know, those extremes, they conflicted, but they meshed at the same time.
0: Okay. So what about secondary characters? Since you had such a large ensemble cast as your main characters, are there secondary characters in this novel?
2: There are a lot of secondary characters that come in later because um, once things get moving, and uh, I guess I can go ahead and say something about it. since This one's been out for two years. Um, Once they get established in this new place, they decide that they want to stay and they want to grow it. So they start looking for more crew. So now you get all these other strange personalities that sign up for crazy missions and they're going to go make some cash. Um, which included a bunch more people that I know that get incorporated into the story. Um, the The biggest chaos was probably when they finally met aliens and, and it's like, well, okay, cool. It, it's finally proven and they're not trying to kill us. So we're good there. And you know, um, and, and one of the, the fun things about one of the aliens, uh, the chinchasa that you get to meet on the planet I had a really hard time trying to come up with them because I wanted to have some kind of alien creature that was going to be part of the crew and interacting with my main characters that people would just fall in love with and I kept coming back to Taylor Anderson's cats from Destroyer Man and I finally called him up and it's like hey, you know, you got any ideas what I could do here? And he was like, well, hell, there's all kinds of alien uh, cat creatures. Just use my cats and change the name. It's like, okay, that sounds good. So I've got the uh, Chinchasins—they're that are bipedal cat creatures that, you know, wear kilts.
0: So how close are these going to be to the Khajiit? The Khajiit? I'm not even sure what the Khajiit is. The cat people in Skyrim? I've never played Skyrim. What?
2: Okay. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Okay. All right. Now, now I'm going to put you back in your place right now, buddy. I do <laughs> not. No, no, no. I won't play Skyrim. I will never play War Warcraft. Okay. Remember when Ultima Online originally came out? I do. Okay. So, me and two buddies, we were taking shifts on building a character up when Ultima Online first went up. And we worked on this character for a month and we had joined the guild and everybody was doing this thing to get this guild house. And, and we got this guild house on this little remote Island. And, you know, we had opening day on the Island and the, uh, the, the guild masters here, are like here, here's your, your rune, your rune stone and just go out here, transport out and we we'll have the opening ceremonies. And then everybody's there and we're like, yay. Okay. We got a guild house and the player killers came from the upstairs down and killed everyone and took all their stuff and if you remember about ultima online you died and went back to your starting origin place but your stuff stayed there and if you can't get to your stuff you can't get to any of it so the player killers which happened to be the heads of the clan that we were the uh, yeah the, the clan that we were in um, used all of us to get the guild house and took back all the equipment they had lo- loaned us and killed everyone i dropped my computer off the desk at that point
0: yeah i and could see
2: i won't bridge. play any mmo i haven't played elven was elven quest i haven't played world of warcraft I, yeah no so i got Sky other things to do Sky Sky
0: Skyrim is one you can play without joining like the online portion. You can still just play it on your, your PlayStation or your Xbox as well.
2: Yeah, but I got other things to do. So, so I haven't in played it. in ages,
0: but I do know I used to be an adventurer until I took an arrow to the knee. I mean, <laughs> that was the iconic line from Skyrim. So,
1: I will say um, I'm, all of those MMOs are way too social for me.
0: <laughs> That's fair. You don't like people. All right, so... Um, does your story have a bad guy that they that these characters confront um, without obviously giving any spoilers?
2: Well, I mean, the main bad guy is the environment. They're just trying to survive, whether before they jump through the flux point or after. They're just trying to survive, eat, you know, make ends meet. Um, the overarching bad guy is going to be the independent alliance, which that's basically the corporate controlling entity of Earth. And, um, you know, there's still countries and main world powers, but they really don't have any power. The independent alliance, which formed out of what was left of the UN after the hell years. And um, they're the ones controlling things, you know, telling people you will do this or you'll disappear. You know, one live view. Okay. All that fun stuff.
0: So is the flux point any relation to the flux capacitor?
2: No. Uh, the flux point is, you know, same same reference as in Starflight. You have these different flux points that, you know, it was the opening of a wormhole. So you can go from this point to that point in the galaxy in, like, no time at all. Okay. And the way that I've got it set up, the, the flux drive, it... Allows, what was it? it? It it forms a field around the ship that allows it to part that thin fabric of time and space and pass through points.
0: Okay, so Doc likes this question next, so I'm going to ask. Let her get all stabby-stabby with you and ask the next one.
1: Uh, if your characters met you in a back alley, how would they treat you after
0: you knew what hell you put them through? For those those listening at home and not watching... That made sense! What? That made sense? Why are you... You You don't know what I'm going to say? Hush your mouth, (laughs) woman. For those listening at home and not watching, uh, as part of his answer, William Joseph Ross...
1: Ah, he has been muted.
0: (laughs) For those of you listening at home who aren't watching the screen uh, and don't know what this is about, he grabbed a knife to sort of prove his point.
2: Yeah, they'd hate me for everything that I did to them.
0: <laughs> I Especially never should have geek. given Doc the admin powers. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is uh, this is how coups happen, people. This is how you get a coup. If you
1: didn't. Your mother would have given them to me.
2: Oh, oh, she just brought your mom into it, dude. She
0: does it all the time. It's totally not fair. She's fired. I, I fired her a dozen <laughs> times. I don't know what. No, what's unfair
1: is how right we are.
0: All right, see, doc. my
1: mom, JR, my mom prefers JR, but my mom has no clue what we're doing, so <laughs> it, her her voice on this one weighs very little.
0: Fair, all right, so we were talking about characters, uh, and not stabbing you anymore, so we've moved on from the stabbing. Uh, doc, try not to let your sorrow contain uh, overwhelm you. I know you like stabbing. I have people. news to comfort me. Okay, well that's 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 acceptable. Uh, so instead of stabbing people, we're going to talk about character archetypes. So uh, I don't know how you write. For some people, they plot things out and they think all the, the the thoughts in advance and they get real deep. Other people just write intrinsically. But when you write, do you have a favorite character archetype?
2: Oh, I like the I like the the wounded hero, the broken hero. Uh, just you know, taking characters that have the same laws that everyone else has and, you know, ramping it up a little bit or just putting them in a situation where they get broken even more, but they still come out in the end. You know, they still persevere, but they've got to walk through hell to get there.
0: Okay. So you like to torture them?
2: Absolutely. Just like, you know, gaming because, you know, I get to torture all the characters and I, I don't collect character sheets. I collect body parts.
0: So what uh, what's your game of choice?
2: Oh, D&D. Which, which, which edition oh we play a, a homebrew mix of of second edition and three three five
0: i approve okay
2: yeah i um, won't after all the money that I sunk into second edition and it's like oh hey we get the new edition like uh, okay so i bought like two books and i won't touch four or five or any of the rest because i no
0: well they're almost up to six give them a few weeks um So have you tried any of the (laughs) OSR um, offshoots with like the Castles and Crusaders or the Swords and Wizardry or any of those?
2: No, no. We just do basic homebrew, you know, play with kids.
0: Okay, that's acceptable. Play with the kids. You know what? Empathy or something.
1: I have an autistic brother and that was a great way of teaching him social skills.
0: Math, critical thinking. Math rocks. Math rocks are
2: good.
1: Math wasn't a problem. Teaching him social skills was more of a challenge. All
0: right. So finally, what? Or any of us. Some of you are still learning, Doc. Um, So finally, what can you tell us about the universe? In many series, the worlds where the story takes place are as much a character as the protagonist or antagonist. So can you give us a hint of what we can expect in the world of Flux Runners?
2: Um, Exploration and discovery. I mean, there is. A lot of life out there that mankind has no idea about and they're going to be stumbling across it in their um dysfunctional way
0: wait (laughs) speaking of dysfunctional that was perfect (laughs) continue dysfunction
2: um no but all, all the the discovery of all these different races and stuff and um really something I can't mention without giving a lot away. Um think think uh, Battlestar. How's that?
0: Okay. So uh, right now we know that Flux Runner it looks be if you go to the Amazon page like it's a standalone novel. You have mentioned that there's a second book coming. Mm-hmm. And um if it's we, if we look at your Amazon author page, we also see a short story set in the Flux Capacitor universe. So what else can we expect from this, uh, from these characters in this universe?
2: Um, let's see. Actually, you got two. There's two short stories in this setting of the universe. There's one more. Um, uh, crap, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, that's actually set like uh, 100 years back. Yeah, about 100 years back. Um, Chaos, hijinks. At the worst, think like Scooby-Doo type hijinks sometimes, which, you know, you get into Poker Face and uh, uh, Closet Cases. The two short stories up there, Trey and Fergus, they get into a lot of trouble.
0: Okay. All right. So uh, speaking of trouble, Doc, the next question is yours. See what I did there? Yeah, yeah. You taking notes?
1: They are. You're so cute and special. Bark, bark, huh? Okay. So, every universe has its own internally consistent rules of science, technology, or magic when we're stalking fantasy. But what kind of tech can we experience from these books?
2: Um,. We do have anti, or grab plating, anti-gravity. Um, we got the flux drive. There's not really warp drive or anything. Well, there there is. Uh, taking it back, uh, there's warp drive. There's um, pretty much think of any kind of propulsion system in any sci-fi, and it does exist in this universe because the different races came up with different ways of doing it. Mm -hmm. um um, you know you got singularity drives and things like that too within the universe um no nanotech really i mean there's a little but uh not so much there are universal translators to to a point that are implants and well you get to see a couple of couple of the characters dealing with that thinking they got low jacked. Um, was, it's a conglomeration of a lot. It really is. I, the, I keep telling people that I had to write this one to get it, all of this kind of stuff out of my system. So I could write something a little more serious and you know, really I, I pay homage to all of these different fandoms that I love. I mean, Star Trek, Star Wars, Battlestar Galactica, Firefly—you know, you, you just go down the list of all the different things, and, and there's one scene. If you pay attention, you're going to recognize a lot of stuff because of the way it's described. Um, and anyone that's a ship nerd, they're they're going to get some fan service with that.
0: So, given that you are a nerd with the techie stuff, have you uh, outlined a schematic for your ship yet that you that you share around?
2: Uh huh. And actually, I got I think I got it up on the site. It's in the book. As soon as I can find the page. <laughs> uh, and there's the Betty. Oh,
0: that is awesome. Did you did you beat the Enterprise and put a bathroom in there?
2: Well, yeah, they gotta have heads, and then it's like. <laughs> The second one, uh, oh. the Veronica. Where's the Archie? There is no Archie, but there is an Ethel.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Doc, you going to be able to contain yourself to ask the next question? You going to be okay? So
1: of all the tech you invented for your universe, which one is the one you would want for daily use?
2: Oh the brown sound gun easy yeah
1: and how would you use how would you abuse it
2: um do I really need to answer that one i mean come on that one's kind of self explanatory it's a brown sound gun i'm going out in the public like man it just wants the chaos man
0: <laughs> chaos is our friend i like it all right
2: walk walk into the office into the cubicle farming Meh.
0: So, you already mentioned that
1: you have... Wait, what does the brown sound gun do?
2: Gun. Do you
1: know
2: what the brown sound is?
1: Let's pretend I don't.
2: Okay, it, it's another reference. Okay, so that one's actually a South Park reference. Uh, the brown sound is a particular tone that when you hit the right frequency, it'll cause you to shit yourself. Okay. So it's a gun that emits a high frequency pulse that will cause the recipients of the pulse to go and you know they're just kind of all over themselves at that point.
0: Are you are you going to survive doc? Do I will be line?
1: fine.
2: Okay. Let's
0: so I told
2: you chaos. Yep. Yeah,
1: now you've already told us you have Aliens in your universe. But how did you go about creating these aliens? Were they like necessity driven? Um, Bad MRE experiences? Too much South Park?
2: I really wanted to have aliens. And I wanted to have a range of aliens. I didn't want to just have standard bipedal. Look, um, it's the next alien of the week on Star Trek. And they just changed the position of the ridges. Like, no, we're going to have weird stuff um, you know, with a lot of different limitations. Like I, I've got one fish alien that actually has to have the containment unit, you know, with fluid. Otherwise they die. Um, and when you start tossing that in there, it's a lot more fun because you can throw weird things in there um in the poker face short story they've brought all this different stuff for trade items and they're trying to set up these trade routes with these these aliens so it's like hey we'll try this here's some sweet tea and here's chocolate and you know it, they just start going down this line trying these different things and i think it was like mountain dew or whip it or something like that and, and the the this alien chick she's just done she is so high as a kite, she starts singing, and it's like,
0: I love you.
2: Because something on there got her high as a kite, and they're like, uh, we, we
0: need to go. Okay. All right. So uh what drugs was it? Did you did you figure that out, Mr. Squirrel? No. Okay. I'm just wondering if you've got, you know, you're you're from the holler. So I just wonder what you got going on in the back. Still, or wait, we can't talk about that on air. All right, we'll we'll talk later. It's us about the chickens. Right, right. right. <laughs> so clearly, this interview is winding down. But before we wrap it up, was there anything about flux runners uh, that we didn't ask that you want to tell us?
2: Um, now so if you just want to read something fun, funny, um, little rude and crude around the corners and edges. Pick it up, try it out. You know, um, book two will be coming this year. I hope to have book three shortly after that because I'm. It depends on if I get on that roll, and I'll just keep on cranking.
0: Okay, uh, so before we let you go, dear listener, we'd like to remind you to please be kind and speak your mind. On the reviewing platforms, your reviews help the right readers find the right books. So if you uh, bought this book on Amazon, go review it on Amazon. If you bought it on uh, Barnes & Noble, go review it there. Uh, There's also Goodreads and BookBob. Throw everywhere you can think of, throw a review. Your authors will love you for it. Uh, And if they won't let you review of any of those places because, I don't know, they're like, heathen heretical pineapple eaters or something um, start a website and write your own blogs where you review books there and who knows, maybe even authors will send you free books just to read what you think about them but uh, yeah, so do the book review thing people Doc, why are Absolutely. you rolling your eyes at me again?
1: Share. nobody's going to talk about you
0: It could happen they will be like sure there Doc are a bunch of people was- who are like Seska's mean and abusive
2: Wait, you were in Area 51, wasn't you? Yeah.
1: I
0: was
2: well, the, the, everybody talks about, you know, the doorstop.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm still paying for that one. Uh, yeah. I still maintain if the FBI hadn't shut that down, we would have been making gangbusters. I'm just saying <laughs> the FBI was the giant uh, cock block on that one. No sense of humor.
2: Wait, the but, FBI actually shut you down on that one?
0: No, no, no. They shut down the operation that was Storming Area 51. Oh, oh all okay. of the okay. press dropped off. Gotcha. So and I was timing this to launch on the day the Area 51 like Lollapalooza wanna event was gonna supposed to happen. Yeah. And obviously it didn't, so sales were like bleep, 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 hit rock bottom. But it was still it was a lot of really good stories in there. So I'm still I'm still proud of the work we put together. Uh yeah, including one by Doc herself. So if you wanna wanna go check that out, I'll uh I'll do that. Lots of people died. It was lots of fun. I'm just saying, Doc and I had a talk and it ended up with me suggesting she go to therapy after I read some of what she wrote. But anyway. I she was in to... therapy. Oh my God, I don't know if that made it worse or better then. But uh, <laughs> so so we don't scare the listeners off. Uh, William Joseph Roberts, his publishing name, uh, Hillbilly to his friends. How can listeners find you?
2: Uh, you can find me over at williamjosephroberts.com. I am on pretty much every social media platform there is right now. Um either that or look up look me up over on three ravens
0: Okay, we will uh, list all of those links in the show notes, and by all of them I mean all of them, everywhere that's fit to print. Uh at least that's what they tell me. And you can find us, dear listener, over on Twitter at twitter.com backslash sf underscore fantasy underscore show. Uh Sierra Foxtrot underscore fantasy underscore show. You can email the show at blasters and blades at gmail.com blasters and blades podcast at gmail.com. You can send all hate mail to seska at blasters and blades podcast.com. <laughs> uh one if somebody actually has that email, that person is getting like all the all the bad messages. Uh so you can join us on Facebook where all the shenanigans happen at facebook.com backslash groups backslash blasters and blades podcast. Again, backslash groups, backslash blasters and blades podcast. When we share the episodes, you can comment comment on it, start a discussion, share heretical pictures of pizza like Doc likes to do, where they pervert them with pineapples. Uh whatever you do. Ew. Oh, that's that's even worse. Like that's the gonna unite the pineapple versus the non-pineapple against the people that put the marshmallows and peeps on whatever. Jair, you wanted to try the chicken and waffles pizza? I did not. That's heresy. That looked like vomit on a plate. That's not what you told me. Oh, Doc's been hitting the sauce again. She's remembering things wrong. You can join us on our website at anchor.fm backslash blasters tack and tack blades. Anchor.fm backslash blasters dash and dash blades. I promise you, we do have a real proper grown up website in the works. Uh, It'll happen eventually, maybe season 12. Uh, Don't hold your breath. Uh, But uh, you can also support us over there at Blasters and uh, Blades. Anchor.fm backslash Blasters and Blades. Or Blasters-and-Blades. dash dash Wow. I've done this before, I promise. Or uh, you can support us at buymeacoffee.com backslash author J.R. Henley. Again, buymeacoffee.com backslash author J.R. Henley. Be sure to put in the comment section that it is for the podcast, and I promise I will keep my co-hosts, Doc Seska and Nick Garber, duly intoxicated. They will drink until their liver surrenders. Never surrender. There we go. All right, bring us home, Doc. Wait a minute. How do you feel about pineapple on pizza? We should have asked you earlier, William. Oh, God, no. What the hell is it? All problem? right. You passed the test.
1: Oh, the list is long and held by the VA of what's wrong with JR. No.
2: Nah, full meat. Pizza with jalapenos.
0: Actually, That's I think the VA may be part of what's wrong with Jay. Possible. So uh, add some mushrooms on that, and I'm I'm all about it.
1: Yeah, that way he has a vegetable. So thank you for spending some of your precious jalapenos time with
0: your vegetables.
1: Thank you for spending some of your precious time with <laughs> <him>. <laughs> for the a- absentee, as usual, Nick Garber. He's drawing me a comic, I'm sure. Jr. Handley, I and Jr. I'm Seska. This was the Blasters and Place podcast. We'll be back next week, same time. Where we'll indulge your love of nerd ch- culture, cheesy jokes, torching Jr., all things that go boom, and of course, Mead.
0: <laughs> 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 mead so say so we all.